everybody. Welcome to another episode of Random Fit. I am Wendy Batts and here with my friend and colleague, Mr. Ken Miller. How are you? Awesome, Wendy. How are you today? Oh, you know, just living a dream. What I, what I do every day. Yeah. <laughs> so um, every day you wake up, it's a good day, right? Um, say that very often, but I am super excited. I say that all the time. I always <laughs> say that, I know, but this one is, is something that really hits home because we're talking today about if you're packing a bag, how to avoid jet lag. And this is comes at a very good time because I know, Ken, you just got back from Dubai and I actually head out next week to go to Germany. So yeah. teach me, young one. Um, I'll teach oh, man. ways because I definitely am probably going to be struggling with a six to you know six hour difference. Yeah, you have a six hour difference. I mm -hmm. had an 11 hour difference, which is really, it's basically as upside down as you're going to get. So if I can impart any of my wisdom from going all the way around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause I mean, if you think about it, you know, as, as far as, you know, when we're recording this, you know, people are going to be traveling. I mean, as, as far as the country opening up more more international travel is, is, is going to be there more prevalent. But also as we're coming up on the holidays, which might mean changing time zones. And that's when we're talking about jet lag as far as your body having to adjust to a different time zone. So you're either going to have to wake up earlier if you're going from west to east or, you know, you get to sleep in a little bit longer, which is a lot easier going from east to west. But when we talk about jet lag, what we are really talking about is just what your body is going through when you have to change these time zones and going all the way to Dubai. I mean, great place to visit right i mean one place that i never really thought about as far as some place i would go and 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 fortunately have the pleasure of working with some trainers out there presenting at a conference but you know being at the top of my game trying to be the best professional i can be as far as physically and mentally being ready for that i mean just basically think about this instead of getting up at eight in the morning or going to work at eight in the morning, we're going to work at eight o'clock at night and then having to be fully operational at what would be, if you're from the West Coast, fully operational at one or two in the morning. So well, that's we did what that. this, yeah. I mean, you and well, I did Well, we that. did, yeah. Um, we actually, Ken and I actually partnered doing a, uh, you know, a well, I guess it was a two-day workshop for some of our unbelievable partners. And um, what was it, Japan? We've done Japan, we mm -hmm. did UAE, Serbia, um, I mean, I, the list goes on and I remember them saying, yeah, we're starting at nine o'clock Pacific standard time and you guys are going to be teaching eight hours. And I'm like, <laughs> in, yeah. in, a, in a row. And so, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like when we took our lunch break, I'm like, do I have dinner? Do I have breakfast? Like, I don't even know what yeah. I'm supposed to have. And that, yeah. that actually was really hard for me to overcome. And so, you know, mm -hmm. we're talking about jet lag, but, but can tell us what is jet lag? If I said, what's the definition of jet lag? What, you know, how do you best, best tell us what that is? Well, in the, in the, in the, in the research that I did, you know, is it all, everything came down to circadian rhythm. Basically the circadian rhythm is your body's natural rhythm of when to be awake and when to be asleep. We have this 24-hour cycle that we've taught our body to, to operate from. So when it comes to jet lag, what we are talking about is when you have a disruption 
as far as when you need a function compared to what your your normal circadian rhythm has been set for. So for me to be on the West Coast, you know, if I have the typical, you know, nine to five or eight to four uh, time frame, but if I have to go to your side of the country, Wendy, I have to disrupt my natural rhythm by three hours, which means I have to, if I have to get up and work on the East Coast, now I have to get up at your, or I have to be functioning at your eight o'clock, which is five o'clock my time, 5 a.m. my time, which means I've disrupted my natural rhythm of doing things by three hours. And we all know what it's like to, okay, if you have to set the alarm two or three hours earlier, you, it's all too tempting to press that, that, that snooze button because it is against your natural rhythm. So in the example of me going to Dubai, I had to turn my natural rhythms a full 180 degrees because when I was having to be awake out there, that is my natural sleep time over here. So depending, and you know, we'll get more into the factors of jet lag and, and how it extreme, it, how the different extremes affect different people, the bigger the time zone difference, you, you know, the opportunity to have a bigger um, experience of jet lag because you are going against what your body has been taught to do. So if you haven't traveled for the last year, you're pretty set from that nine to five or eight to five, that daylight. But if now I take away the sun and now it's nighttime, but my body's used to a certain exposure to sunlight and, and nighttime, then my body's going to be saying, what is going on? So you're sleepy when you should be awake or you're awake when you should be sleepy. And that's what jet lag basically is. You're just disrupting your natural rhythms as far as your 24-hour cycle is concerned. Yep. And those of you guys just joining us, we're talking about if you're packing a bag, how to avoid jet lag with Wendy Batts and Ken Miller here on Random Fit. And, you know, Ken, when we were, when when I was looking through some of the, the research and everything, I thought it was interesting that jet lag was actually something different than what they're calling, you know, what is it? Travel fatigue. And yep. I was like, well, isn't that the same thing? Because, you know, if you're tired or, you know, um, that that's just, you know, jet lag. And in mm -hmm. all reality, it's not. And like, you know, basically when they're talking about the, the travel fatigue it includes the symptoms such as tiredness, headaches, and, you know, it's just, based on the physical tolls of traveling, you know, you've got like aches and pains because you're carrying your bag, you're sitting in, you know, maybe not the first class comfort seats, you're sitting in, you know, just a really small area where you don't have a lot of leg room, especially if it's a full flight, and you've got to put stuff underneath your seat. So you can't yep. really extend your legs, or if you're in the middle seat, you can't put your arms out, you know, or if you're mm -hmm. like me, um, I have a really hard time, I can't sleep on a plane very easy. And so or very well, and so if I like I'm tired and I'm not by a window seat, I mean, obviously I'm not going to like lay my head on some crazy person beside me. They may not be crazy, but I don't know them. So everyone's kind of until I get to know you a little bit better. Um, however, you know, like just trying to get myself comfortable in order to try to rest my eyes. I, I don't know. I'm going to struggle with, with traveling 10 hours, not being able to sleep and, I don't do well with one of those donut pillows either. Those those so, neck pillows that you see people yeah. like, you know, yeah. on their backpack, it's kind of just hanging out there. Yeah, because then it's like, well, what yeah. is that touched? And then I'm putting my face on it. I don't know. And I they... get grossed out pretty easy. So don't, th yeah. don't think too much about it, Wendy. I know, I uh, do. 
Y'all don't but know who it, I'm it, married. I, I think about yeah. everything. <laughs> <laughs> and again, the, the travel fatigue versus jet lag. Again, there's there's what you're saying when it's not very restful if you're on a and if you're on a flight. But here's the other thing about jet lag: if you're traveling north and south and there is no time zone to change, it's not really jet lag. And if you're feeling tired, chances are it's more travel fatigue because, like you said, Wendy, you just you you can't relax. There's always tension. Um, but that's where you know as you probably know, and I know our travel habits, you know, as far as when we, when we land somewhere, we like to kind of just throw our stuff on the ground and just lay on the bed and kind of relax a little bit, maybe do a couple stretches yeah, because yeah, it is physically demanding, you know, especially on the plane, you know, you, you have that, uh, you know, the, the air is managed. So, you know, the, the, the pressure, the toll, a lot of people don't realize the toll on your body when you talk about the, 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 the cabin pressure of being up in elevation, there is an effect. And you're also, the air is typically dry. So you're dehydrated. So from a physiological standpoint, you have all those factors working on your body that, that give you a sense of the fact that, you know, you, you, you are tired, you are not rested, even though you've been sitting, which a lot of people might think it's like, oh yeah, you get a relaxed and refined. It's like, no, I'm trying not to drool on the person next to me you know, when I fall asleep, <laughs> you know, or you're, you're like, you know, the person has, you know, the person you got, you ever have that where the person kind of reclines their seat in front of you. And then uh, if you yes. had a laptop, then you kind of have to duck under to kind of look at your screen because you had to tilt that down too. So yes. And then it's like, you're trying to type and you're like this and people are like, why are your shoulders so stressed out? Like when you get off the plane, it's like, well, you ought to see how I had to type and heaven forbid I not yeah. work, you know, cause it's like, that's the only time where I'm not, you know, on a call or, you know, got a bunch yeah. of emails coming in. So if yeah. I'm trying to actually get work done, but, but to your point, I mean, yes, you've got thinking, you know, people can get respiratory, you know, issues with that low cash cabin pressure that you were talking about, or um, like you said, the dehydration is a huge thing, but yeah. then also it can lead to bloating, which I mean, that's never fun. Long-term sitting obviously can lead to leg swelling. So oh, yeah, that's when yeah. they say, you know, compression socks are going to be really important on a long flight. And guys, that really that really does make it a huge difference, as yeah. well as like doing ankle pumps or do the alphabet and all uppercase and then do the alphabet and all lowercase with your ankles. Do you do that? If you can't get up and walk around, just do all weird stuff with your ankles. And that will really help some of the swelling in your lower limbs for sure. Yeah, well, that's why I get an aisle seat nowadays. I just so I can walk up and down and you know, when you're walking from the back of the plane towards the front of the plane, then you kind of see what video games people are playing. Oh. That's what I like. That's I, I mean, last time I had an aisle seat, I know this is totally off topic, but it's like I always get hit with the cart, like because I cross my legs. And so it's like they take off my my foot like I didn't see them coming because they're coming from behind or something. And it's like, dude, that was my. You're going to cross your legs the other way, Wendy. I know, but then I'm interfering like no. with somebody else's space. So then I shouldn't cross my legs. I know. But, you know. Yeah. I'm trying to be a lady. So. <laughs> All right. So let's 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 do look at. So when Wendy, you get on your plane, you're on your flight. You know, what are some of the things that we might look at as as far as, you know, getting us a feel for like, you know, what, I am pretty jet lagged. Well, you mean like what are the common yeah. symptoms of that? Yeah. What, um, are, what are the some of the things that you will be feeling when the because uh, six hours Yes. is still six hours so sleep what are problems. some of the things that you number can anticipate one. yes number one i'd say sleep problems because for me yeah. it's going to be harder for me to fall asleep and even with that one hour time change that we just had 
here moving, you know, like when we dropped the clocks back, you know, I was like, I'm going to sleep in this morning. Instead of getting up at 4.30, I was going to get up at 5. And sure enough, at 3.30, I was like wide awake, ready to go. And I'm like, you know what? I went to bed an hour later, which technically was the same time because, you know, of the clocks and everything. But um, so I know that I'm going to have probably some issues with that. And, you know, that can be, you know, hopefully I'll see how that will, will how I'll do with that. You know, um, the daytime fatigue is going to be hard for me. Because again, you know, when I think about landing, I'm landing at 9:10 on, you know, on the next day from me leaving, and so I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll just get some work done. However, that's like three o'clock, you know, my time. So I didn't sleep at all, especially if I'm not able to sleep. Plus, I have a layover in um, in Amsterdam, so you know, there's that's that's going to play a part. And then I think just mainly just you know, physically and mentally, like maybe my clarity. And, and I don't know. I mean, this happened to me before when I went to Israel, um, but I was so hyped up to be there. I didn't really get tired until I came home. And then it was like, yeah. I, I was done. So I was stoked to be there. Didn't have any problems. I mean, I didn't sleep for like a week, but um, yeah, yeah. But then basically. when I came home, I crashed hard and it was really, it took me probably two weeks to start feeling better and normal again. Yeah. And, and a lot of what comes with that basically sleep deprivation, because if you're on a, a long flight and you're in a new time zone, you know, if you and if you're trying to get used to the time zone that you're in, you know, you're going to your, your, your thought process or your wits are not going to be 100 percent. So, you, you know, you're going to be impaired a little bit. And I know it was, it was hard for me. I mean, I had a really, really, really focus when it came to talking in front of these trainers. And I had. And and the in the first couple of days, I had about sixty trainers in front of me each day. So I was like, okay, what's the question I'm answering? What's the point I need to make? And you just have to go minute by minute to really focus on on doing those things. So, uh, and, and, you know, your thought process and your wits are it may or may not be about you. But again, if if you're traveling for business, like like I just did, and what you're gonna do, Wendy, um, that's one thing. And you know, part of that, and I'll just go ahead and jump the gun a little bit, you know, as far as being able to address that issue is if you can give yourself a day or two to fly in and get acclimated to the time zone, although a day is not enough, it's still better than flying in like I did. And so funny story for you, Wendy, I, <laughs> I miscalculated how long I had before I had to actually present because on my calendar, it showed that I landed at eight o'clock in the morning. But when my calendar actually adjusted for where I was, I landed at eight o'clock that night. So I landed at night and then I had to work first. I had to present and do the presentation uh, first thing that morning. So that was the example of what not to do to avoid jet lag because you're right in the thick of things. Um, <laughs> but you know, again, going with the the mental aspect of of jet lag. Again, you're sleep deprived. You're you're upside down in your sleep pattern. But you also now, you know, again, as the brain works, you know, um, you know, you might have some emotional difficulties as well. You know, so again, your wits not being about you that will affect you not just from a from a cognitive standpoint, but also from an emotional standpoint as well. So. You know, put all that together, Wendy, you know, it, it is going to hit you both physically and mentally. And again, you've already mentioned the stomach issues that that come with it. So bloating, 
digestion, constipation, uh, unfortunately, because your, your systems are all whacked out. And, you know, for some people in extreme cases, you know, you also have, you know, um, seizures and, and some, some, you know, in extreme cases now, paralysis. Which <clears throat> yeah. is crazy. Which is, yeah, sleep paralysis is, is what it is. But, uh, yeah, but that's an extreme case. Not going to happen to you. No, but I love some of the, you know, <laughs> how do you prevent this? And when I was looking through it, it's like, oh, okay, there's got to be ways that I can just prepare. And number one is like, oh, adjust your schedule gradually to get there. Like, you know, try to get more rest beforehand and like, you know, to adjust your work schedule to start earlier and finish later. And I'm thinking these people have no idea what my life is. Like I have a five-year-old, I can't adjust my schedule and I would love to be able to sleep longer. However, in my life, it is what it is. And, you know, I'm going to do my best. And, you know, this is a trip for work. So I can't say, hey, I need to go out two days before. And when I get home, I need two days off just to kind of reset. Um, so, you know, I'm going to I'm going to do my best, Ken, to be as chipper as I can be. So when we do our next random <laughs> fit, you guys are going to see bright eyed and bushy tail Wendy coming out. Um, and hopefully I don't experience any of these. But, you know, I'm also going to try to find some bright light exposure. Um, even though it's supposed to be really cold and rainy while I'm there. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and what really helped me was that I, I opened up the curtains and I, and I opened up the curtain to the other room and that way I can get some, some daylight without it smacking me in the face. So that is, and I'm really light sensitive from that vantage point. Um, because, you know, what happens, and a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, we are very in tune to light because as light hits our eyelids, it does, <clears throat> excuse me, get into our retinas and that starts to stimulate our brain. So as, as far as light com coming in, that's one thing to help you adjust to the time zone sooner. So I, you know, I usually don't do that, but because I knew I had to be really aggressive about how I, um, needed to acclimate considering I was there for six days and I knew I needed to get a, a running start to being there. I opened up one of the curtains so that daylight could come in and then get moving from, from that vantage point. So daylight is very, very important. And, you know, the cool thing is that I got to watch some pretty cool sunrises in the morning uh, just to get me going. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. I mean, you know, again, I've, this is a place that I've never been. I get to meet some incredible trainers. So I'm super stoked to, to work with some of our international partners coming up. And, you know, and like I said, I think at the end of the day, if you're packing a bag, how do you avoid jet lag? Um, you know, again, with me being Wendy Bats and Ken Miller on Random Fit, like hopefully we're giving you guys some some good things to consider because I know I'm definitely taking notes. Like this was like, you know what? this. It's all me right now, so I'm sharing this with you because mm -hmm. I'm hoping, based on your experience, the research that we read, um, you know, also too, I know I, I read about definitely your diet, you know, what you decide to eat while you're on the plane or at the airport or while you're in in flight. Um, besides, yeah. hopefully, drinking a bunch of water, they're telling you to to limit caffeine and um, alcohol. <laughs> um, so I mean, that seems like that pretty much makes sense. Um, but you know, the, the eating healthy is really hard on a plane. So, you know, pack really healthy snacks that's supposed to help with some of the, uh, some of the jet lag as well. But, um, I'm like, oh, yeah. Didn't, and, and didn't have that you on know, the list. 
well, I know Wendy, you like to fly first class when you travel, and you know they they have the bubbly like flowing. This doesn't help, you know. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> you know you like to pop your feet up and all that good. But you know, watching the alcohol because remember, you know, in in in, in uh, recordings past, you know, we've talked about blood sugar and how that might affect. Um, well, alcohol at night and how that can affect the depth of sleep. So even though, you know, if it's travel for, for pleasure, that's one thing, but if it's for business and in, in the context of what you and I are bringing examples of is that, you know, again, you're, whether you're eating late, a big meal late, as well as alcohol can disrupt your sleep patterns because of how it affects your nighttime blood sugar levels, you know, because when you have a peak, you have a valley and it's when you have that that drop in your blood sugar level. That's when your brain says, hey, we're hungry. We need to go get some food. So from there, it, it basically keeps you a little bit more alert than if you were able to get into that deep sleep cycle. And of course, you know, if you're trying to get ahead of it and now drinking coffee on the flight in order to get onto that time zone, that's one thing. But again, as it is with any uh, intake of caffeine, if you know yourself and how you respond to caffeine, uh, you're in that much better position. But sometimes if you take in too much caffeine or too late, even when you get to your destination, that might disrupt uh, your sleep patterns even when you're there, even though you know you had the best intention of getting into the time zone that you're going to travel into. So, as you said, Wendy, nothing is better than water because of all the things we brought up earlier: the the cabin pressure, the change in cabin pressure, the um, the dryness of the air that typically cir circulates through the plane. And one tip that I heard from a flight attendant was. For every hour that you're on a plane, you want to basically have a can's worth of water. And that's just not to get dehydrated, right, for what water, you know, you you actually use in just respiration and all of that stuff. But you also want to stay ahead of it because we just don't drink enough water as, as a people to begin with. Yeah, and then when you sit by the window like me and you have to get up and use the facilities every two seconds, people hate you. And then they're like, hey, do you just want to switch sides? I'm like, yeah, you know what? Sorry, dude. You know, nature calls. But, you know, one thing, too, before we end, I thought was also, you know, super helpful is, you know, I'm like, okay, all this stuff makes sense on what you can do beforehand, you know, snacks that you can bring. And then, like you said, Ken, you know, we know this thing's going on with the, the cabin pressure. We know we need to drink a bunch of water what we need to avoid, but really something that I'm like, you know what, this is something I'm definitely going to do because I am landing at 9 a.m. their time is not to go to bed. It's telling you try to avoid cat naps um, 30 minutes or less or not at all. But the big thing yeah. is, is try to stay awake when you land in that time zone and go to bed at a normal hour in that time zone because that's going to help reset your clock and keep you from being, you know, miserable for the duration of your of your stay. Yeah. But um, but another one was, you know, just go for a light walk, be out in the sunlight, be out in the daylight. It's supposed to help, you know, kind of reset your, you know, your mental state. You know, obviously, physically, you're going to feel better moving and being off of the plane anyway. Um, sightsee, you know, that's basically, you know, hopefully why many, many people are traveling um, unless you're like me, you know, and have to do it for work. I, I definitely want to try to get out and see the sights when mm -hmm. I'm not yeah. in session. But, you know, I think. I think all of these tips, I mean, it seems like it's common sense, 
but jet lag is a thing. It's real. And, um, and I was super excited that we decided to talk about this um, on this episode for sure. Well, you know, movement is medicine, Wendy. So when you get there, you know, get outside, see the sights, because, you know, when's the next time you're going to be out in that part of the world? So probably not you know, soon enough. Yeah. So, yes. uh, yeah however, so, I would like yeah. to go when it's not 20 degrees. <laughs> so cold. Oh, uh, that'll keep you awake. Uh, yes. Yes. Just go outside for a little while. And I'm sure that's go outside, get some yeah. daylight, move around, get some blood flow. And then just, you know, once 8 p.m. hits their time, just boom, hit the hay. So, I mean, well, that's all you can do. Right. But uh yeah, so hopefully next time, though, you'll be able to go more as a traveler and a visitor than somebody who's there for work. Yes, well, like I said, I'm excited. I, you know, it's going to be a great opportunity. I know listening to your trip about Dubai and um, all the incredible people that you met. I mean, that's that's the beauty of, of us, you know, being able to work with NASM and being able to meet all you incredible trainers. Um, but uh, I'm excited and um, I'll let you know how it goes. So, all right, awesome. So, to you. Stay tuned. Yeah, well, we'll check back in. <laughs> Yeah. So for those of you that uh, hopefully you took away some tips as far as if you got to pack a bag, you know, how to avoid jet lag. Uh, you've taken away some tips from us. I know I picked up a lot from you, Wendy, but, uh, you know, six hours. I don't know. There's, you're going you're gonna to use every one of these tips, hopefully. So if you like what you listened to today and if you want to hear more from us here at Random Fit with, between both Wendy Batts and me, Ken Miller, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, again, like, follow, subscribe, comment. You guys take care and be well.